You are this country's first openly gay prime minister. How big a deal is this for you personally? Brexit price. U.S. investment bank Lehman Brothers collapsed. I said this was a once in a generation a vote. financial crisis. But I believe we have voted today for the next generation. Don't be rude. Ireland has spoken with a clear, strong voice. I think I should stop now and start again, because I don't think you this is a good news. start of the debate. So welcome to the Dublin Law and Politics Review podcast. My name is Annalika and with me today are Desi Ellis from Sinn Féin and Noel Rock from Fine Gael, with whom I will be discussing pension funds. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe or find us on social media via Dublin LPR or our website dublinlawandpolitics.wordpress.com. So dear candidates, many people are worried about pensions. Will you please let the people know if you were elected? Would you change the pension system? If yes, why and how? That's well, I think it's clear we brought forward a bill um, to deal with the pensions. Um, the, they've moved from 65 to 66, and we want them restored to 66. But we are also proposing the further bill that if people want to go beyond that age, um, so 66 is the present age, 67 and 68, uh, then they should have that choice. And I think it's important that we do that because uh, there's a lot of people who've worked very hard. Their goals were set that, that they were going to retire at 65. They've worked hard, some of them in very manual jobs, some of them have disabilities now. And when they reached 65, they ended up having to bridge the gap um, between that and 66. And that is outrageous for someone who's worked all their life. So I think it's important now that this be addressed. Thank you very much, Mr. Noel Rock. I think there's a clear anomaly within the pension system. I think it's existed for a number of years now when the pension age was increased from 65 to 66. Um, I think it's deeply regrettable. Uh, there's a situation where people who have worked for 45 years, maybe maybe 50 years even, um, who maybe worked in manual labour, physical labour, are being forced to sign up to unemployment benefits in the final year of their working lives from age 65 to 66. I think this is deeply regrettable and I think it's wrong. So. As part of the proposals to increase the potential pension age to 67 and indeed later to 68, what Fine Gael is proposing is a type of pre-pension payment which would work the same as a pension, um, which would not be means tested and which would be paid at the exact same rate as a pension would be. However, it would only be applicable if someone wanted to apply for it. Um, so it's not dissimilar to what Desi is saying or Sinn Féin is saying, but it's kind of two different ways of reaching the same point. I'd say mine is harder to explain to people because if you were to ask me, Noel, is the pension age still going to be 65? My straight answer would be no, but whereas Desi's answer, if we put the same question to him, would be yes, but you can continue working. So they're kind of two different ways of saying the same thing, but they are broadly speaking the same thing. There's an historical issue there with regard to the 65 to 66 issue. We need to fix that. All right. So, if elected, would you keep the same type of pension system or would you introduce mandatory private schemes for pensions? Mr. Rock? We would not introduce a mandatory private scheme for pensions. What we would do is introduce an opt-out scheme for pensions, private pension provision. Uh, they've done that in the UK to great effect. More often than not, what happens uh, with regard to pensions, um, and I'm 32 now so I'm beginning to see this at my age even, is we say we'll put it off for another year, we'll put it off for another year starting a private pension and eventually you're old by the time you started basically. So by the state automatically opting you in, 
you find that once that 1% is coming out of your salary every month or every week, you say, you know what, I'm going to leave that there and keep that going because that's actually a good thing. Um, so we find this in the UK. When the UK started doing this, uh, the number of people who were still paying after three years into their private pension had more than multiplied by, I think, eight times. Big results, good results. Um, so it seems like an opt-out system is a good thing. So if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Um, same way as opt-out organ donation is a good thing. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. But actually automatically putting people in in the first place uh, generates better results because people, uh, they just never get around to opting in themselves, maybe. Mr. Ellis from Sinn Féin. How would you feel about private pension schemes? Well, I think it's it's very clear that we're talking about uh, state pensions when it comes to 65, mm -hmm. that when people reach that point, um, the state has an onus, there's an onus on the state to pay those pensions. Now, people have opted to go for private pensions. Um, that's their choice if they want to do that. Um, and some jobs, uh, people have more than one pension. Um, and that is something that's up to the individual, whatever they've worked on in their life. So like ourselves here, you get a pension if you're a TD, and you'll also have a state pension as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I would much prefer to see that uh, the pensions were much more leveled in the sense of um, some people could have two or three or four you know, pensions, and I, I just think that can be unfair. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd like to see the state have a bigger role in this. Now, a lot of people uh, from our audience are worried about their pension, and the main concern is that their pension will not cover their needs when they retire. Yes. Mm. How will you respond to that? Mr. Well, look, inflation moves on, and uh, you know, someone who has a pension of 212 euros now might find that they, in, a, in a couple of years' time, that pension is not. So it has to keep in line with inflation. So that's the way it should be. Um, and uh, to, to me, to, to at least keep that level that we're keeping in line and people are not uh, losing out down the road. Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important that we move in that direction. Mr. Rock, inflation, should pensions keep up? Absolutely. Um, I think, if anything, we should be looking at locking it to inflation potentially. Mm -hmm. um, and inflation includes rental as well, because often we talk about the consumer price index in terms of inflation, but that doesn't necessarily take into account the rise in cost of accommodation, for example. That, that would have been my next question, yeah, yes. That doesn't necessarily affect so, as many older citizens proportionately, but nevertheless, it is still a valid caveat, I suppose, to insert there. And when we talk about inflation, one of my worries is that a lot of times inflation is calculated at a European scale. So we look at the Eurozone, what is general inflation there. Now, Irish inflation, inflation in Ireland might be very different. Mm -hmm. So where do we take our inflation measures or levels from if we lock it to inflation? The consumer price index is one um, that you, 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 you tie... Um, it's the same with any sort of pay rises. We have to have a point where we judge what is inflation. Mm -hmm. And that, that's one of the areas you look at. And you, you, you know, uh, every, every, every year we get a, a rough idea of what the inflation rate is. And I think it's been quite low over the last mm -hmm. number of years. So that's uh, the best way probably to judge it, you know? Yeah, uh, I, I broadly agree. Um, I think all the major parties have committed, to be fair to us all, um, to a rate of pension increase that's quite a bit beyond uh, the consumer price index over the course of the next five-year term. Um, if we look at what Fine Gael did over the last five years, uh, we introduced three times five euro pension increases 
in addition to restoring the Christmas bonus, so effectively one extra week's mm. worth of payment. So in real terms, if you divide that across all the years, approximately an increase of 18 euro over the course of the four-year term. Yeah. So it'll be another 25 euro, yeah. I think. And I think Sinn Féin is probably... Well, we've, we've, yeah. uh, we've proposed in our, in our proposals now for government that we would increase the pension by 20 euros uh, over the next five years, a maximum of 20 euros. So it's not 20 enough. 20 euros per week? No, 20 euros over the five year period. It's not enough and it still should be tied to the consumer price index as well. So therefore, I, you know, uh, pensions, in my opinion, in many cases are too low and it does require a very branch look at how pensions are, are calculated and otherwise. And that uh, we've put forward proposals on that as well. I think in fairness to Sinn Féin, I think the proposals on this issue quite realistic. I think every party could be tempted to engage in auction politics and Sinn Féin could have easily went down the road of saying uh, Fine Gael only did a five or a week in the last term, we're going to do a ten or a week every year and get up to like 50 or more. But they didn't and I think that's to, to Sinn Féin's credit. Um, I think there is a, a job to be done around politicians' pensions still. Um, we've increased the age from 2010 I think, or 2011, we increased the age at which politicians' pensions could be retrieved i.e. some retiring politicians would have become TDs before 2011 and therefore they can get the pension from age 50, I think it is. Myself, uh, and I, I think Desi as well, uh, can only get the pension at whatever the state pension age is when we retire. So that's a very positive move that isn't often acknowledged in the media, but it's a good format to discuss it. Uh, and I think maybe we need to go beyond that. Um, if we look at ministers, for example, they qualify, they start to qualify and accrue multiple pensions in effect. I'm not sure that's fair to the normal person where someone has a TD's pension and then a minister's pension and then potentially a Keon Corla's pension or a Taoiseach's pension atop that. That doesn't seem particularly fair to me and I think it's something that really, in terms of real political reform, it needs to be addressed. So if I understand you correctly, you'd be in favour of a state pension. On top of that, your uh, pension, depending on what sector you are in, but not accruing five different pensions if... Well, I think in the private sector it's fine, but like with regard to sorry, not to cut across the, with regard to politicians, I don't think it's particularly fair that uh, the system seems loaded to a certain extent that we're, in some cases, not in my case, but in some cases, accruing multiple pensions effectively in parallel with each other. That wouldn't happen in a normal private sector role, and I think a lot of people look at this from the outside in and go, "That's mad," and I think they're right to look at it and say that's mad. So we fixed the age thing, which was mad as well. It means my pension isn't as good as some retiring TDs, but that's fine. Like, it's a normal system, relatively. Well, I certainly do have a problem with the way uh, TDs and the way pensions are there. You have a ministerial pension, you have, uh, if you're a junior minister, or you're mm -hmm. the Taoiseach, you have extra uh, benefits when it comes to pensions. And I think that's wrong. But um, you read from the top, and we should be shown an example whatever about a pension for, for a TD, because it is a very short period in time in general. You have to go back out and get re-elected, and you might lose out after five years. You might even go less if the government falls. So, it is, you know, I just think that uh, when you're in working for another company and you, you, you contribute towards a pension, you know, you, you expect to get that pension, and, you, you, you know, at the end of your working life you have that private pension along with the mm -hmm. oh, the, the the over 66 pension at the moment so i think it's i think so, that's that's up to people what way they approach it some people think well into the future on these things um i suppose i've never have 
but um, it's it's clear to me that there is inequality in some of the the, the state services, like the way uh, politicians are paid. I just don't believe that everyone is entitled to more than one pension, more than one in 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 Leinster House. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think it's wrong. I agree. So. If we go a little bit towards the private pension scheme, so in the private sector, mm. one of the worries is that these pensions are not going to be protected from financial speculators, stock market performance, and other unpredictable and potentially unhappy unha- influences. What would you do to ensure it wouldn't? Well, what we said then is to, to, to tie the pension to the consumer price index, and I think it's important that we do that. So the variations or whatever changes come about um, should keep up with inflation and they should be in line with inflation. Uh, and I think that's, that's a very sensible way of doing things. At the moment, it's sort of more uh, when would the next minister take a, you know, hike the price up or not. I don't think that that's very fair. I think that we should have a better uh, you know, monitored system and that it's... Um, it's, it's, it, it, it's very fair in the sense that if, if um, uh, the cost of living goes up, if everything changes, then there has to be a mechanism to balance that out. Thank you. I think with regard to state pensions, I, I think Desi's right. I think people would like certainty rather than a sort of a lottery of what comes out mm. in budget day going forward. Yeah. With regard to private pensions and speculation and safeguarding, I suppose. People are concerned that their pensions might be frittered away or might be gambled away or indeed might be taken by the state in terms of levies and what have you. Uh, I think from the state's point of view, all we can do is provide safe harbours, if you like, for private investments in terms of mutual property funds, for example, diversified funds, and making sure that we don't put all our eggs in one basket and we don't do anything too risky, and crucially, that we don't repeat the mistakes of the past and go raiding pension funds in times of emergency. That's why we set aside uh, 1 billion euro for our rainy day fund. We put aside 2.4 billion euro this year, some of that's on a temporary basis because of Brexit, um, but those kind of things, those kind of mechanisms, in order to safeguard, they safeguard pensions ultimately in the long term. Lovely. So to round off, in three sentences, what is your view of the ideal future for pension funds? Just in summary. Well, look, I think um, what a pension should should do is give a person a good quality of life, or certainly a quality of life, um, that's in line with what the economy is, and, and which in line with what's happening on a daily basis. Unfortunately, we see people, senior citizens, many of them struggling in this country on a very low pension. They might have a house, they might appear to be you know, reasonably well off in the sense that they've got a property, it's worth a lot, but they have little or nothing in terms of spare cash. And, they, uh, and, 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 and the, the cost of living has become so high now in this country. I think this is a problem and uh, when, when we're trying to address the inequalities in society. So I just think that uh, we need more fairness and we need a, a better way of looking at pensions and we need to ensure that um, that a person doesn't go, uh, uh, is losing out over a period of time. Because if you look at the, the cost of living from 10 years ago to now and the increases in terms of pensions, they've been quite slow. Um, and I, I think that that's, that needs to be looked at more carefully. Thank you very much, Desi Alice Sinn Féin. Noel Rock, Finnegill. I think we need to provide some sort of certainty and guarantee for people. 
uh, that the pension that you receive now will at the very, very minimum mm. be the pension that you receive going forward into the future. What no responsible government should do is give a citizen something that it then has to take back in bad circumstances. So what we want to do is propose modest pension increases over the course of the next term, ultimately 25 euro more on a weekly basis, but underpinning that with sound fiscal competence, financial security. And finally, reducing anomalies within the system. For instance, if a person turns 80 years of age, they receive 10 euro more as a sort of a bonus atop their state pension. This is a good thing, and we all agree it's a good thing. However, what it inadvertently does on some occasions is it triggers somebody over a medical card threshold. So in gaining 10 euro, they lose their medical card. That's a complete, and people would rather have a medical card than have 10 euro extra a week, by the way. That's a complete and utter anomaly. And that kind of thing needs to be stamped out. And I think it's the kind of thing that regardless of who wins the election, and it could be Sinn Féin, it could be Fianna Fáil, it could be Fianna Gael, it's wide open right now as we record this, that should be fixed. I think there's also a hidden thing when it comes to senior citizens. They're paying subscription charges. They're paying, you know, in some cases, if they go over a certain level, um, they can't get the refund on, on their medication. I think we have to look at all these things because it's usually people when they get into a certain age bracket that end up with all these extra costs and the pension is literally flittered away. You know. Thank you. So that rounds it off for the pension funds. Thank you for listening to the Dublin Law and Politics Review podcast on pension funds. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe or follow us on social media via at Dublin LPR. Comments, questions and suggestions are welcome via Dublin Law and Politics Review at gmail.com.